Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press Republicans Press Pass Podcast. I'm Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio. I'm with my trusty night editor, Ben Rowe. And this is the 83rd version of the Press Republican Press Pass Podcast, right here in Plattsburgh, New York, in lovely Clinton County, in the great north country of northern New York State. Ben, how are we doing today? We are doing well. Today was a very nice, fairly warm day. Well, fairly sunny. You know? No, it wasn't. It was freezing. Sunny. <laughs> it was sunny, but 14 degrees. That's cold. That's true. <laughs> But we were supposed to get a big snowstorm this week. Yes. And um, before we launch into the weather, which we Uh-oh. will talk about because it was cold, I went grocery shopping again. Yes. There was an incident. Yes. Another incident. There was. He texted me about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting used to that, aren't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> this one wasn't as bad. As my previous um, incidents I've no. had. It seems like some every once in a while when I go to grocery, grocery shopping at, we'll say, various gro- local grocery stores, yes. um, something happens. <laughs> um, this past week, um, I went in. I bring my reusable shopping bags because I'm mm-hmm. trying to be a good citizen. Do you use them? I do. Do you wash yours? Uh, I haven't yet. I should, though. You should. Yes. Because <laughs> that was one of my concerns about yes. all that yucky stuff. But anyways, I only brought in two of the big ones this time because I thought, I'm not getting that much stuff. Two should be fine. But, you know, when you shop, you look at, oh, look at that. Oh, I want that. Yes. Oh, I haven't had that in a while. Yeah, and next you know thing it. you know, yeah, your shopping cart is full. So I get to the checkout and... There's a kid at the end of the checkout bagging, and and the cashier was uh, ringing me up, and uh, the kid says, um, "Do you you're not gonna have enough room? Do you want paper bags? <laughs> there are five cents each. They charge you." And I said, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So he opened up a paper bag and started putting items in there, and the cashier mm. also opened up a paper bag and started putting items in there. And I thought, okay. Two bags, five cents each. That's ten cents more on my bill. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And I even looked up at the screen with all the items and said, two bags, five cents each, ten yes. cents. I'm like, okay, no big deal. So I take my groceries out to the car, and I'm loading them in the car, and I put in the two full reusable bags and one paper bag. And I thought, wait a minute. They were filling up two paper bags. I only got one. I must have left one at the end of the checkout. Mm-hmm. No problem. And just to make sure, I looked at the receipt again, and it said two paper bags, five cents each. So I went into the store, and I showed the receipt to the kid who was bagging. I said, I think I left a bag of groceries here. He's like, oh, no, you didn't. I said, I said, well, I said, you guys are put two, fill two paper bags on, on, of my stuff. He's like, oh, we didn't. We wound up not having to use the other paper bag, so we only got one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like puzzled because I swore I could <laughs> remember her putting items in a paper bag. And I didn't see her take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was too tired and to argue. I wanted to go home, and I walked out, 
And then I looked at my receipt. I'm like, well, if they only give me one paper bag, but they still charge me for two. <laughs> I want my nickel back. <laughs> so they didn't go back into the system and delete the paper bag from your <laughs> no. order. <laughs> so I got basically ripped off of five cents yes. for a bag I didn't use. You know, Joe, a lesser man would have gone in there and raised the whole fuss to these two young cashiers that... You didn't take my bag. I want my nickel bag. This isn't right. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, I got home. I mean, the easy thing to do would have been to check my receipt and say, okay, did I get everything? And then I would have known that, okay, they were telling the truth. They only needed one bag. Um, But I didn't feel like doing that. But I don't remember missing anything, so I guess it was okay. Well, I think it also kind of comes down to just the the new system. Where it used to be for the past, what, since like 1950, people knew how bags of the grocery store worked. Is that you went, you put your groceries on the, on the little thing, they scan them, they put a new bag, they hand the new bag, and there you go. Now, you don't know where you're going to get your bags from. You don't know how many bags you're going to get. You don't know what kinds of bags you're going to get. It's I'm complicated you, now. <laughs> and even many other things involved with grocery shopping. I mean, over the years, I've had incidents at grocery yes. stores. I go there with anxiety now. <laughs> this is all building up and leading to these problems. Well, what I will say is that, number one, as I think I mentioned the podcast before, is that I don't even regularly go to the grocery store anymore. Yes. I Instacart everything. <laughs> so I just popped in my phone and somebody else, some little peon, no, <laughs> goes and does my shopping for me. But um, obviously, you know, it's a way that they earn money too, um, doing good service. Um, but again, that takes away a lot of the headaches. I just sit there at home while they text me and say, Hey, they don't have any mandarin orange fruit cups. What kind of fruit cups do you want? And I'm like, give me the peaches. And they're like, okay, cool. And they're like, man, this is the life. So <laughs> Instacarting is a way of relieving anxiety. It's very much a way of relieving <laughs> anxiety. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and is that, again, you get all the fun of grocery shopping. Yeah, but not the anxiety. And then the other day, I did stop in. I was in the neighborhood. I wanted to pick up a couple things. So I did stop over, um, I will say, at a local department store and um, started to shop. And, you know, and again, I was grabbing at most like four or five things, just things that I knew I needed um, to restock on. And so I went and I went and I like the self-checkouts because with the self-checkouts, you don't need to worry about who's bagging your stuff. You're bagging your stuff. So I went and I was scanning all my stuff and scanning all in. And then I went to look for the bags, and there were no bags. There were no bags where the bags usually are. And then, so I'd already checked out of my stuff. I was going to move from my basket into the bags, but then there were no bags to move it in. And then I saw a sign that said, well, you're supposed to buy the reusable bags now. We don't give you bags anymore. And so then I, then I went and had kind of a Joe moment, I guess, where <laughs> I'm like, do I really want to buy a reusable bag now or do I just want to protest the system and just carry my stuff out on my own? And I was considering, 
again, I don't even know if you're allowed to bring the baskets outside the store if they like buzz you for that. But I was considering just taking my my mouthwash and my Q-tips and my stuff and just holding in my hands and just walking out of the store with it. But luckily, I decided to just pay the ten cents to get a reusable bag and toss them in there. So. Well, yeah, and, and it's like Sam's Club. They don't give you bags. You just yeah. put everything in your car. Well, yeah. And then you go out. But you know that when you go to Sam's Club. Yes, yes. <laughs> With this true. place, I wasn't expecting that. No, and I'm telling you, <laughs> when I shop, you know, there's people. There is a lot of anxiety. I mean, if yes. I'm going down an aisle and somebody's standing in the middle of the aisle looking at a shelf and I need to get by them, I feel like I'm intruding. Because I'm yes. going to walk right in front of them while they're looking at the items. I always say, excuse me, pardon me. Sometimes they're okay. Other times people get angry. <laughs> Remember during COVID when they had the arrows? Yes. They need to bring those back. Yes. So people know people. which way to go down the <laughs> Which lane you're in. Yes. But yes, it's the, for Instacart, if I have to pay a, like, roughly, what, about $7 premium service charge to transfer the anxiety to somebody else, I will gladly pay Well, me. I think you're <laughs> onto something there. Uh, yes. Maybe I should consider it. Um, but at the same time, it is kind of interesting to go out and see who's out there. <laughs> it is, yes. And again, it's the also, which I think I've also mentioned on the show before, is that just in my schedule, I used to be one of the creatures of the night that went to Walmart at like one in the morning. Now that's the experience. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> well, you walk in and wow, there's like three other people in the store with me, <laughs> which is probably why Walmart decided not to do those hours anymore. Stay 24 hours, yeah. Yes, because they're like, we're not going to stay open all night just for Ben Rowe to go <laughs> in the middle of the night. They should. <laughs> wander around. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, shopping, always an adventure. See how much material we can get out of grocery shopping? <laughs> yes. Oh, so you can write a whole book about it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But anyways, as we were saying, the weather, um, we thought we were getting teased a little bit. We had some warm days. And now we're back to the cold and snow. What is going on, Benro? With the fact that we're up and down? Yes. This global warming. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> That's called winter in the North Country. It is. February in the North Country. Here it is today. It's Friday, February 24th. <laughs> and we got coming off a day of not too much snow, three or four inches. And, but it's very cold. It's like 14 degrees, and it's supposed to go down to below zero again tomorrow. So well, you know what the season usually brings? Flooding. It could. It wasn't around this time last year that our Sable um, yes. had its bad yes. floods? Yes, it was in February. Yes. yes it was. Um, so we're lucky we haven't gotten that. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, the official beginning of spring is only like a little over three weeks away. 24 days away. That's true, yes. So, we're getting there. We are. Uh, Friday, February 24th. This is my anniversary, by the way. Uh-oh. I started in the newsroom. Oh, that anniversary. Yep. <laughs> on that, on this day, February 24th, 1986. Know how I remember that? How? It was Jack Downs' birthday. Hey, happy mm. birthday to longtime friend of the press publican, Jack Downs. The very first day 
I started working in the newsroom. They had a birthday party for Jack Downs, and we all got cake. I said, this is great. First day, and I get cake. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, because one of my first days, former features editor Rachel Osborne, um, that was her last day, actually, here. And they also had cake. And I had the same feeling. I'm like, whoa, cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Um, yeah, because I actually, I started here, well, I started as an intern in the fall of 80, 1984. Uh, September 1st, 1984. I did the four months of the semester. Then I came back to work part-time as a sports writer, November 26th, 1985. And I did that for a few months until I started full-time here in the newsroom on this day 37 years ago what year was it again 1980 86 86 yes 86 good year yeah uh, <laughs> anyways i just remember that because it was jack down's birthday um it's also well we'll get to that in a minute the other thing i wanted to talk about today or we wanted to talk about today is in tomorrow's edition of the press republican you will see an outstanding package of stories about the Immaculate Heart of Mary Church in tiny Cherubusco, New York, in uh, northern Clinton County. Um, it's about the church, the fate of the church, the future of the church. It may, There's a move to maybe get rid of it. I mean, it was closed in 2010 after... Um, the, uh, the diocese closed it because it was part of the merging of, of parishes uh, that's happened throughout the diocese, throughout the Catholic Church and across the country. And it's been sitting there, and this local group wants to save it because it has some beautiful historic features that are worth preserving. The stained glass, the painted murals, the fact that it was built by a former slave who escaped slavery from the South and moved up here. Um, it's got a tremendous background story, Ben. It does. And no, and um, it's the fact that we have about, you know, um, nearly a dozen stories um, looking not only at, yeah, at the church itself, but at um, the people involved in the history of the church from, as you said, you know, um, the master builder and mason who was a former slave way back when that helped build the church, um, helped lead the construction of the church, to nowadays people who grew up um, in the church, you know, people who are now in their 80s who um, had their childhood at the church doing, you know... Communions, um, baptisms, confirmations, Yes, weddings, weddings, funerals, the whole... Absolutely. And, you know, and that's the nature of um, a church, is that it's the heart of a community often... And, um, and, you know, more than just um, the church itself, the stories are also about the nature of small towns like Cherubusco and the fact that, you know, um, they're um, sad to say, you know, they're not always what they used to be back, um, back in the day. You know, communities changed, populations change. And right now, um, Cherubusco is much smaller than it used to be, unfortunately. And people are kind of saying, you know, um, if, you, if we lose the church, <laughs> you know, we don't have that much left. So, um is that again? It's it's about more than just you know um, a building. It's about all the people around it and that kind of thing. So um, the heart of the community. Yes. Um, and and it would be a shame um, to lose that uh, piece of history in Cherubusco. 
Um, Isaac Johnson is the name of the man who, the stonemason who built it uh, back yes. in 1888. Yes. So that's how far back this goes. Mm-hmm. And the, when, folks, when you see the Press Republican tomorrow and you see the photos of the stained glass and the painted murals, um, you will be amazed. They are mm-hmm. beautiful. I didn't really realize until I saw the photos because mm-hmm. they were de- been described to me. But the paintings were done by a, a famous Italian artist um, who came over here and did some work on several churches. St. Patrick's and Rouse's Point was one of them. And it is just gorgeous. And the outside of the building is beautiful. And the bell in the bell tower in the um, steeple, mm-hmm. um, that goes back to, they think, uh, the mid-1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a few of them like it in the country. It's, it weighs over 2,000 pounds. It has the name of the church and Cherubusco, New York, engraved in it. The town would like to um, save that if they could. Now, as we said, the future is uncertain. Mm-hmm. This group would like the town to take over the building from the Catholic Church. And they would run a nonprofit and turn it into a community center or a museum or something. Mm-hmm. There's possibilities. The town isn't sure what they're going to do. The Catholic Church uh, apparently has some restrictions on, on mm-hmm. what can be done with a church building. Unfortunately, we reached out several times to the Diocese of Augensburg to ask them about this, and they didn't get back to us or declined to talk about it, such as it is. The town we did talk to, they're not sure. Hmm. Um, well, there's a lot of players, and yes, and a lot of, you know, a lot of details. So, um, But again, the, you know, the story, um, the stories, the series goes into a lot of detail about the back and forth and that kind of thing. So yes, yes, and, and a lot of people, like you said, there's there's like ten stories and photos and and everything. A lot of people would say, well, why are you spending so much time on a small church in Carabasco where there's only a few people? Granted, however, the historical aspect of this we think mm-hmm. is important. We don't, unfortunately, have to say we don't provide much coverage for from Northern Clinton County. Mm-hmm. So this is a chance to explore. Um, life in that part of our region and the fact that Isaac Johnson this runaway slave who built the church um, is a, a black man mm-hmm. this is still uh, black history black month. history month mm-hmm. and it, it ties in with that perfectly yes so this is a great way to cover uh, an issue that's important to certain folks in our region Um Give some historical perspective and educate people. And that's what we're here for. And yes, it's a big package. It's a lot. But we think it's worth it. And we think you're going to really enjoy it. Well, yes. And, you know, and I guess the last thing that I would say is that, um, and I think we do our best to um, cover this sort of thing, is the fact that, as everybody who lives up here knows, you look at a building or you look at any number of buildings around here, and to the outside, they just look like, oh, it's just a building. But then you talk to people and you realize that most of the buildings around here have extensive histories that go through generations and histories and cultures. And is that, So this is a classic story of not judging a book by its cover and the fact that, you know, um, this one building in here has a, you know... Uh, made for tv history <laughs> again of a former slave and a famous italian artist and 
you know, there's a bigger story there to tell, so um, we're glad to get the word out about that. Absolutely. And speaking of historic buildings, Uh-oh. we have another one in right here in our region uh, that was in the news this week. Um, the Olympic Center in Lake Placid, where the 1980 Winter Olympics were held, and the United States men's hockey team pulled off the Miracle on Ice. Yes. Which was this week, 43 years ago. Yes. And February 22nd, the U.S. beat the Russians in the biggest upset in sports history, some say. And then two days later, which would have been February 24th, today's date, they beat Finland to capture the gold medal. And yes. And secure it. Um, you know, it's the 43rd anniversary. It's not the 40th or the 50th, the big one. But it's still, every year <laughs> on this date, you can go on Twitter or Facebook and you will see all kinds of posts commemorating that miracle on ice. On hockey Twitter and Olympics Twitter. And Every Twitter. And, mm-hmm. and um, it, they, they, people post the videos oh, of, yes. the, of the game mm-hmm. and the announcing. And to this day, I mean, I watched it live when I was 17 years old. But to this day, whenever I see a video or replay, I still get chills. Mm-hmm. It still moves me. To see that happen, Mm -hmm. and it was so incredible. And the fact that it happened right here in our region is really incredible. Yes. No, absolutely. It's one of those, um, and I would agree, it's one of those moments where you watch it and you get chills. Yeah, and it's like, I hope we celebrate that every year. Well, yeah, and again, as you were saying, it's the fact that... um, the fact that the place is still as well preserved, the you know the rink where it happened, and that kind of thing, um, you, you can still go and see it. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, when, when, my, cool. when my kids were little, um, playing hockey, they had a couple tournaments there, and it was such a thrill for them to play on that ice. Yes, uh, to think that you know you're standing in the same spot that those people stood all that time ago. Yeah, so. it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hopefully, we can celebrate that. Every year, because it was, truly was a golden moment for our nation and for our region. And I have to mention, in our editorial we ran this week, we mentioned the fact that after they beat the Russians, I mean, this was the height of the Cold War, mm-hmm. the team captain in the locker room, in the dressing room after the game, Mike Arruzzioni, got a call from Jimmy Carter in the White House mm-hmm. congratulating the team, thanking him on behalf of the nation. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool um, because, as we know, President, former President Carter is now in hospice. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he probably won't be with us too much longer. He's 98. Yes, he's been with us for quite a while. Um, but yeah, as, um, as you were saying, as you know, as I'm sure that in his long history, you know, um, I'm sure every year around this time he must think about or must have thought about it. So. <laughs> Um, as far as his involvement, and I'm sure he was just as excited as the rest of us. When I remember when that, when that happened, it was on TV, and, mm-hmm. and Ruzioni's on the phone. Oh, jeez. And the other guys are all <laughs> whooping and yelling. He's like, be quiet, be quiet. The president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was great. So, yes, a lot of history, again, tied right into our own backyard, which is pretty cool. So. Yes, and now we might have some more history in the making here Ooh. in the city of Plattsburgh. Um, the city council signed into an agreement to work with a potential hotel developer for the waterfront. Um, no, there's no deals yet. There's no done deal yet. But this uh, 
agreement allows the company to do their due diligence, site out the, uh, the site, and uh, see if it'll work, test the soil, stuff like that. But it's a big step. And maybe having a hotel down at the waterfront, which has been talked about forever. It has. I was going to say, Joe, that sounds familiar. It is. Back in the early to mid early 2000s, when Dan Stewart was mayor, he had um, grand visions of a hotel down at the waterfront. Um, the parcel we're talking about is kind of behind the old D&H railroad station between that and the marina. Mm-hmm. On the water. Lots of open space out there. Huge, huge spot. Mm-hmm. And the city got grant money to build a parking lot for the hotel, and which which got done. A beautiful parking lot there. There was a deal with a Syracuse developer who wanted to build the hotel. He was all set to do it, even started work on it. And he had news conferences. He spoke to Rotary, and he did interviews. And we were all waiting this big hotel and conference center. Okay, here it comes. They started working on tamping down the ground to make it get it ready. And then all of a sudden, it was over. The developer um, uh, had some issues. I don't know if it was lack of funding or what, but the dream died. Mm -hmm. And it was, since he had a contract, it was tied up, I believe, um, until the city could free itself. Mm-hmm. Apparently, everything's okay now, and it's available for development. Now, they've entered into this agreement with, I think it's, the company was called Skyward? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And they're the same guys, I'm told, that built that uh, big hotel on Saranac Lake. And oh, yes. Lake Flower in Saranac mm-hmm. Lake, um, which is a really nice hotel. Yes. So, hopefully, I mean, I, I would think they wouldn't do anything unless they knew the numbers were going to work. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a beautiful place. Why wouldn't it? Well, and, you know, and um, is that with the mention of, you know, a convention center, which, again, we don't know any plans of, you know, what this thing is going to look like yet, but um, is that beyond just hosting people passing through, you know, um, is that it would be a good kind of event place um, for people coming up for fishing tournaments and people passing through for various other reasons you know um it's you gotta have a place that can host those kind of people so there's a lot of potential there absolutely i mean there are several fishing tournaments a year right Mm -hmm. at that spot yes and that would be perfect and when you think about it i don't believe there's any hotel or motel within the city limits not as far as i know (laughs) it'd be a surprise to me (laughs) they're all up on uh, most of them are up on route three in the town of plattsburgh um, there's the Super 8 out at Cumberland Head. Um, but the city itself, I don't believe, has any um, hotels. Nope. So, yes. So, this would be kind of perfect. We will see how this development goes. And the other possibility for a hotel site, and they've talked about this for several years, too, is out at the airport. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a parcel there. They've sought bids previously, but didn't get any action. Um, I think... Eventually, if they get more flights, mm-hmm. um, that would make it worth it for somebody to put a hotel there. But, you know, COVID kind of derailed that. Mm-hmm. We, were, we had a lot more flights, and we were doing better before COVID. Well, and also the one at the waterfront, it would be more centra- centrally located, um, which would be kind of nice. 
It's so so if it's a high rise and you're up there, you could look out and you would see what? You'd actually get a pretty good view of the lake from there, actually. Yes. Yeah. And you'd see <laughs> the Green Mountains. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, now that I think about it, yeah, that would probably be a beautiful view looking all the way out from there. And everybody, so. of course, with the naysayers, who's right next to the poop plant. <laughs> Which is true, but I mean, in, the, in any place, it can be hard to find a completely, unless you're out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, you know, people said that about the farmer's market, too. Yes. I've been to the farmer's market many times. And, and the water pollution control plant, or whatever it's called now, yes, um, isn't a problem. No. But um, one more thing that I wanted to finish up our show with today is that lately I have been... <laughs> bitten um, by a bit of a bug thanks to Joe Templio, and that bug is called ChatGPT ah which for those who aren't familiar we wrote about it a couple weeks ago now um, it's the latest AI sensation of a little robot that can write things for you so you tell it to write you a restaurant menu or a travel plan or a book or job a song or, what's that? job application yes job application you know, high school essay. No, you shouldn't do that. But no. you can ask it to write a lot of things. And it writes eerily good things, um, you know, well-written things. And it's just, right now, number one, it's kind of fun to just kind of dink around with and, you know, tell it to write you a, a silly little story and that kind of thing. But I can also, as I've told Joe, I can see applications for it for able to simplify kind of menial tasks like writing yourself out an advertisement for your new business or writing out a radio script for a pitch for your new business or writing out um again various forms and that kind of thing and just the way that it can make things more efficient i think is really exciting but with the little robot i asked it today to write a podcast script for editor-in-chief joe Templio and night editor ben rowe for the press pipe podcast sharing news about Plattsburgh, New York. And here's what it told me. Opening music plays. Joe LaTemplio. Hello and welcome to the Press Pass podcast. I'm Joe LaTemplio, the editor-in-chief of the Press Publican newspaper in Plattsburgh, New York. With me today is our night editor, Ben Rowe. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing great, Joe. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a busy week here in Plattsburgh with lots of news to cover, so let's dive right in. News intro music. Okay, that'd be pretty good, actually. <laughs> First up, the city of Plattsburgh has announced plans for a major renovation of the downtown area. Ben, can you tell us more about that? Yes, Joe. The city of Plattsburgh has secured a $10 million grant from the state for this project. The plan is to revitalize the downtown area, including the sidewalks, streetlights, benches, and landscaping. They're also planning to add more public art and make the area more pedestrian-friendly. That sounds like a great initiative. It'll be interesting to see how this will change the look and feel of downtown Plattsburgh. Absolutely. Another news item we're following is the ongoing discussion about the future of the former Plattsburgh Air Force Base. Joe, I know you've been covering the story. Can you give us an update? Yes, Ben. There's been a lot of debate about what to do with the former Air Force Base. Some have suggested turning it into a logistics hub, while others want to see it transformed into a renewable energy hub. There are also some who want to preserve it as a historical site. Now, I'll stop there as Robo Ben and Robo Joe go on through a few other news stories. Now, a couple things. <laughs> Number one, I think it captured our language pretty well. <laughs> and that is called from... Now, that's the other thing, is that everyone's like, well, how does it work? You know, what's the magic behind it? The magic behind it is that it basically has sucked up 
text from all over the internet, you know, billions and billions of words from all over the internet, and it's learned, basically learned, this is what a podcast kind of sounds like, this is what Plattsburgh is kind of like, mash them together, and you get this. So it's basically, it's spitting back out stuff that already exists, but it does it in a way where it's like familiar enough where it kind of sounds like the real deal. Yes, and, and all the stuff it mentioned was stuff that we indeed have talked about. Yes. So I'm thinking it must go through everything that's been published ever. Well, yes. Or spoken. And... And, and the thing of it is, the funny thing, the kind of quirky thing, as it tells you on the website, is that it's gathered stuff from before um, 2021. So it would have been right around the time when we were talking a little bit about the Durkee. I'm not sure where it pulled up the renovations of the Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah, that was, a little, that was a little different. Yes. Um, and, in fact, I had it write a little story. I don't think I have it on here. Um, I'd have to go pretty a deep. A logistics center. I don't know what that is. Yes. I had it write a little funny story about Plattsburgh, and it pulled something about the, you know, I said, give me famous Plattsburgh landmarks, and it said, well, there's the Crate Center, there's the City Hall, there's the Strand Theater, and there's the famous Cabot Cheese Factory. I'm like, Cabot Cheese Factory? Where are you getting that from? That's in Vermont. Yes. <laughs> so, as people have said, it's not 100%. It's kind of quirky. We're, we're like a... Like, well, exactly. Yes. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I think, and I'm hearing now that some priests are using it to write their sermons. Yes. Um, we need to... I think we need to avoid that and <laughs> stick with original thought. Joe, you gotta you gotta go to the future, Joe. You can't cling to the past. Oh, but yes, can but again, write birthday messages? Yes. <laughs> and again, and the thing of it is, is that yeah, it's uncanny. That's the word I always think. Is that it? Say it seems weird, or seem no, it seems real. But then when you look closer at it, it's kind of like, okay, it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a little robot that doesn't really understand what it's talking about. Right. And, what can uh, fake it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, you're not real. You're just pretending to be. But it's, I think if you were to get it onto like, um, what do they call them? Alexis. This door, no, the little robot, the yeah. little Amazon thing. Yeah. We could say, hey, um, Alexa, write me a grocery list. For that kind of thing, with its mastery of language... It would be pretty good for that. Again, a little household helper and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I still well, let's think... let's not go too far. Yes. I still think... And again, and I've read a lot of articles about it and spent some time with it, is I still think that if you were to tell a local priest to write a sermon and you were to tell the robot to write a sermon, the priest would knock it out of the water and people would be like, yeah, we want the real deal. Okay. So. <laughs> and yes. And I think that, you know, it's, I think people would much rather listen to the real Ben and Joe rather than... Robo Ben and Joe. <laughs> Darn right. Yes. My goodness. You get replaced by a robot? That would be bad. Yes. Oh. Well, very good. Um, so, yes. So, for the real deal, live human podcasting. Uh, one quick shout one out before thing. we go. Okay. Is, I wasn't sure if you wanted to get this. We could talk more about it next time, too. But yeah. No, no. I just want to say um, we did a story the other day. Town of Marias. Long time... Town Supervisor Tom Skazafaba announced that he will not be seeking re-election and he will be stepping away as the supervisor of the town of Mariah. He's 66 years old. He became supervisor when he was 28. He had like a five or six year break in there sometime. 
but he's been supervisor for probably about 40, close to 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, he is Mr. Mariah. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows him. Um, he helps everybody. He's done a great job down there. He's a good guy, and we want to say congratulations to him and all the best uh, down the road, Tommy Scazafaba. Yes, you know, and um, I probably certainly haven't had as many connections as my show has, but my takeaway is that um, especially when you cover an area and that kind of thing and you hear all kinds of names as we do, you know, for better or for worse, some names you're like, eh. But whenever I hear Scazafaba in terms of politicians, I always, you know, it rings a good bell that he's known for, as you said, you know, I'm helping people out and being a, a reliable leader down there. So. Yeah, I mean, I knew him a little bit. I, um, Laura McKinstry, obviously our Southern Essex Bureau uh, reporter for decades, knows him really well. But I've dealt with Tommy over the years. Um, and whenever I needed to find something out about Essex County and Mariah, I could call him and he would help me. He would tell me. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a ton of times, but the few times I did, he was very helpful, and uh, we appreciate that. And like I said, we wish him all the best. Yes, absolutely. Well, excellent. Well, um, again, Real Life Human Podcast right here at PressPublican.com. And they find us where? Yes, you can find us at PressPublican.com. You can find us um, on SoundCloud. You can find us on Apple iTunes, um, wherever you get your podcasts from. But in the meantime, Joe... Thanks, everybody, for listening once again. We appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we wish everybody a little weak side help.